This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of That Mill Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Stephen, and Stephen and I are going to talk through the disappointing result last night against Birmingham, the last chance saloon, last three games, do a bit of a Wigan preview, and then just talk about where we're potentially going to finish yeah, hopefully for the rest of the season in that top six position. So, introducing my co-host tonight. Hello, Stephen. How you doing, mate? Uh, I'm all right. It was <laughs> nice to get an invite to talk about the game yesterday because I think there's a lot that needs to be said, even though it's a bit of a... I think it's still raw for a lot of fans. But looking forward to it as always, and hopefully we can get to the bottom of why why we lost yesterday. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And I look, I, we, we were speaking earlier, and I thought... There was just a lot of raw emotion from obviously the backlash of the result and we did a spaces last night and there was just a lot of different viewpoints and it seemed normally when we get beat after a game, we can all probably point a finger in one certain direction or if we didn't play well, everyone says that. But last night was a bit of a strange one because again, from my point of view, we didn't play badly again, but We've said this a couple of times now. At this stage of the season, it's not about how well we play, right? It's about getting that three points or even a point would have done us last night. But yeah, I didn't feel like we played too badly. But again, we just seem to squander so many decent opportunities. But generally, what what were your thoughts on the on the game last night? Obviously, you went. What was the yeah? What was your thoughts on the game? What was the atmosphere like? Obviously, I heard a few boos at full time. Yeah. So, general thoughts on last night? I just think. We're and I've said it. I've said it a few times about individual players, but perhaps it's more aimed at the team. I think teams are starting to just work out, work us out, and it's taken teams up until game forty of the league to do it. But they've done it at the point where it matters the most, and that's the the killer thing. I mean, Birmingham. I thought Birmingham were okay. Their tactics were horrendous in the sense of going down every five minutes and, and time wasting and whatnot. You know, it, it was almost as if they were early, scrapping. Right? They, they, it was almost as if they're scrapping for their lives and, and desperate for a point. And you know, it, it was a nothing game for them. But they they were okay. They they moved the ball right. They cut the players in midfield. Obviously, um, Jude Bellingham's brother played last night, and and you know a couple of others. It's frustrating because we didn't play badly but I don't think we 
particularly play well either. It, it was a, it was a, we, we had spells. We had, you know, dominated chances as we did at Hull. But as I said, Huddersfield found a way to 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 beat us. Hull found a way to beat us, and Birmingham found a way to beat us. And all it's taking is ta- it's taking teams one really good chance. And I, I'd even go as far as to say the chance last night, which I'm sure we'll come on to. It wasn't even a good chance. It it it, it, it was it was pretty unlucky from from our point of view. But that's what happens. You know, teams pounce on one mistake or two mistakes, which again we'll come on to. Um, I don't agree with a the booing. There was booing at half time. Um, the atmosphere, as we've already spoke about, wasn't particularly great. But there was a spell in the second half where I think George Savile and Billy Mitchell flew into tackles. Absolutely. Tackles on a spin. Yeah. Mitchell's was, you know, on another day, he'd have caught the guy and probably been sent off. But it was it really lifted the crowd and they got behind them. And for 20 minutes, it was like the mill of old. There was a bit of atmosphere. There was sustained pressure. There was, you know, chances. But can put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a... That's a uh, we're going to go on to that in a bit more detail and say it's a common theme at the minute. But we didn't start well. And I think... When we don't start well, we generally then struggle to get back into it too much. Mm. And I, I was not surprised by the amount of pressure we had in the, in the second half because obviously we, we had to. And we had to obviously try and get something from the game. But we started so slowly. It was just... I was surprised. I, I thought we'd fly out the traps live on Sky. Generally, Birmingham's a pretty lively game. I, I just thought it'd be really aggressive from from the outset. And we kind of just let them get into it. And we let them get into a bit of a rhythm. And I mean, their, their wingers seemed to cause us problems all night until Kadra went off. And obviously, I'm assuming was was either not fit or a little bit of an, a knock or an injury. But we, yeah, we just let them to we just let them get into it, and they just seem to find a rhythm really quick. Obviously, I mean, we might as well go on to the goal. And again, there's been so many different viewpoints on on whose fault it was. What again? What was your view on that being at the ground, and what, what did you initially think on on the goal? I mean, some you're not allowed. Some people are not allowed to have opinions on certain players. It appears if you're <laughs> if you're a Millwall. If you're a Millwall Maybe we'll fan, we'll come on to that in a sec as well because there's been a lot of noise on Twitter around that. And I, I'm, I should really make it clear that Danny McNamara probably has a little or had a little bit of credit in the bank because he has had a good season. Seven out of ten, a little bit, not maybe to the level of Murray Wallace of last year, but solid. You know what you're going to get. Reliable at the back, does does a job, plays for the badge, the usual. But in the last month or so, he has tailed off. And I don't care what anybody says. And I don't care if he's a Millwall boy and you need to cut him slack. You don't. He almost cost us against Preston with uh, getting letting them get back into the game on Saturday, tr- trying to shield the ball out when it was never going out. Against Huddersfield, it was his pass down the line when he could have just hoofed it out, got it, knocked it out for a throw-in that led to Huddersfield scoring and obviously went on to lose that game. And yesterday, the decision, someone made a really good point on the space. If you're going to fly into that tackle, fine. But if you don't win the ball, bring the guy down, snap him, take the card. But he didn't do either. He let him go and he didn't bring him down. Then 
I think we did get unlucky. I think Cooper did really well to push, basically push the guy towards the byline. He he he, he well, defended yeah, it quite well. A lot of people said Swansea beating Preston. By the way, they just scored, which is okay. Nice. Right. Um, a lot of people said that about Cooper. He shouldn't have dived in. I actually don't think he did. I think he thought Djokovic was going to shoot at the mm. point of when he lunged or skid yeah. in, whatever you want to call it. But I, yeah, I don't think he did kind of try and make a slide tackle there. I think he's gone to try and block it because I think he thought that's when Nukovic would shoot, which would have been the sensible thing, right? Because he'd mm. had a much better angle. So, uh, as I say, I, I thought, sorry, I thought that was the right decision. Yeah, it, I he, did. He, him and Long covered the shot. That's what yeah. they did, and it forced Nukovic wide. So I, I don't have an issue with Cooper making that decision at all. No, I, I'm, I'm the same. And then again. The, the George Long thing, I'm seeing more and more regularly now. I've been a, ma- I, I'm a massive fan of Longs. I really like him, and I'm more and more regularly now we're seeing people pointing the finger at him, and maybe rightly so. Maybe he's not been as good as as Bart was over such a prolonged period of time. But there's a lot of people pointing fingers at him. Again, this is just my opinion. I don't think he was at all to blame for that last night. Jukovic is again spawned a shot into the ground, which has bobbled it between Long's arm and his head. If he catches it clean, it would hit Long on the arm and it would have gone out for a corner. So Long's not accounting for him to have a scruffy connection there, right? And again, I reckon, I said it last night a couple of times, if Jukovic takes a shot from that angle, where in that position that Long is in, I think 99 times out of 100, that doesn't go in the back of the net. So to point a finger at Long, I think it's very harsh. I will go back to your point on Danny Mack. I think his form's definitely tailed off. We'll go on to the final third end product about the whole team in a minute. But I think he had a lot of credit in the bank for his defensive work. And I think that's now... He's made a few mistakes, right? And when you're so good defensively, as we keep saying Danny Mack is, you can kind of cover up what he lacks maybe going forward. But when he starts mm. making mistakes like he has been, then it's hard to defend him, right? And it's an interesting one. Again, maybe we'll talk about it later, but the lack of squad depth, maybe he's not being put, pushed enough with someone being there waiting in the wings to, to come in and, and take his place. But yeah, for me, I think it was just one of those goals, as we said, I think Danny Mack's got to take him down. If he doesn't win that first one, he's got to, he's just got to take the fouls on the edge of our half. There's no danger then. He cannot let the guy turn and run at us for no. 20 yards and make that pass like he did. I think on the on the on the subject of Long, what I think is unfortunate with George Long is there's a lot made about his distribution. And his distribution is obviously better than Bart's. We all know that. It, well, it, it it has been better than Bart's. But over the last couple of weeks, it's not quite been that good it, 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 the level that it it was I think that the big one was the against Sheffield United at home he come out claimed the ball quickly got rid of it distributed it to Burke Burke ran up the other end and played it through to Bradshaw we score there's a couple of times where Long kicks it long and Bradshaw gets something on the end of it or a corner or a shot or something happened it, that we went for a spell of that and when you lose that side of things with Long combined with the fact that 
was a, a bit of a, I mean, it was, it, look, we were unlucky. Jukovic is never going to, as you said, never going to score from that angle again. It's not going to happen. But because it does and it's long in goal and the distribution isn't working, I think he's always going to get that. He's always going to get battered with, oh, you know, bring in Bart, bring in Bart. I don't think, I think George Long is unlucky that he's Mill's goalkeeper at a time where he's displaced Bart. If it had been anybody else in the squad, you wouldn't get any of this at all. But because it's Bart, people seem to have a little bit of a affinity to him and he won player of the season. Yeah. So, uh, look, I think there's definitely, uh, there's a good goalkeeper in George Long. I, I've said it before and I'll stand by it. There needs to be work done from distance. That still needs to be addressed. But the goal last night, isn't I don't think you can you can put the blame on onto George Long. I think he's just on the receiving end of a lot of abuse because his competition is Bart. Yeah, yeah, and I think again we've touched upon it on a previous show. I think it might have been the the whole one. I do genuinely think that. I think if Bart wasn't at the club, I don't think he'd get half the amount of stick that he does get. It's no. just unfortunate for him that Bart is at the club. I still don't think certainly at this stage of the season, that we need to be or should be changing it. I just don't think we can. Bart's, Bart's been out of the side now for, what, 75% of the year of the season? Mm. I think that's too big a risk. to. I, I, well, we know he's a good keeper, but I still think that's a big risk. I know he's an experienced keeper, but as I say, I, I just people are calling for that, and I just I, no, I can't I, I, see it's that. It's too happening. late. It's too late. Yeah. Unless, unless there's an injury, unless there's an injury or a suspension... Then I think it's too late to make that change. I I do think that there was an argument to change it, perhaps about six or seven games ago. There was a couple of goals that were conceded that that would have given Rowett the opportunity to do it because no one would have said, "Oh, it's harsh." Yeah, it, it, there was a chance, and he didn't. And then it then long as I say, I don't you know I know the goal against one of the goals against Sheffield United was was poor from the free kick, but the saves that he made in that game probably earned him a lot of credit and that kept him that kept him in the team it's too late to change your goalkeeper no team changes their goalkeeper with three games to go no, no. just don't do it no totally agree totally agree and then generally we've spoken about the goal I'm trying to think of other chances that we had in the first half but the only ones I can remember we had Coops' header from the corner Savile's Savile's header from the corner as well that hit his shoulder Oh, I mean, yeah, you might not have seen that because obviously you're down the mm. other end. But on telly, in live time, it looked like he just mistimed it. But he'd mistimed it so badly that he didn't actually connect with it and it hit him <laughs> on the shoulder. Um, Coop, Coops is one I think is a really good chance for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he got up early. Again, I think, look, I think Sav's got to do better with his one, 100%, because he doesn't make a decent connection. I think another game... Coops hits the target, maybe, and, and, we, and he might score. But again, outside of that, in the first half, so I'm trying to think, Fleming had a free kick, didn't he, which was straight down, was it Ruddy's yeah. throat? Yeah, sort of he was going running, over. He's going straight. over as well. And then, did Vogie have a couple of long-range efforts as well? So, I mean, first half, we didn't really create too much, so it couldn't have got any worse, could it, really? No, the, the general feel, though, I thought was that we, we we got a few free kicks and had a lot of throws into the box. So we kept, we kept putting the ball into the box and it was almost as if, you know, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. But it never we never quite, apart from Cooper's header, we never quite 
really made advantage of actually ha- of putting the ball in the bottom. I know it sounds stupid, but you're hoping for it for a little bit of a melee or it to drop to someone and they whack it or something. But it went in at half time a little bit disappointed. But at the same time, I think there was still a sense of there was an opportunity. There was still an opportunity there. There was still an opportunity there, even going behind. You had enough time in to, 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 and I'm sure we'll come on to this to change it and to to perhaps get something from the game. QPR are beating Norwich. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, look, any team around us that are... Yeah, uh, very true. To be fair, I'd rather QPR stay up as well because it gives us a, a, at least a... Well, it doesn't matter for me, but a, a bit of a southern mm. game. Um, Watford have just scored against Cardiff. That's fine. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of, kind of agree, but maybe again, we'll, we'll talk about that now. Do you think there's a bit of... Rowett certainly spoke about it in his post-match comments and he said it's time for the players now to step up. Do you think there was an element of that in the first half, just off the back of what you just said there, of us expecting it to not? Exp- it, we just thought that it's going to happen at some point, and it was no kind of ownership from anyone to go and force it. Perhaps a little bit. I think. It, <laughs> I, I tell you what, I thought in the first half yesterday, and people might not agree with this, but we really missed George Honeyman in the first half yesterday. Someone that's a little bit bright, a little bit. He, I know he starts on the on the right, but he drifts in and he creates those little little one twos and pockets in and around in and around the sort of thirty yards from goal. And someone like that, you just needed someone to take the to pick the game, scruff of the neck, the old saying, and just try it and get involved. Fleming uh, Fleming had a poor game, and he's the one that you'd be looking for to try and to to make that spark and when that didn't happen you just you just waiting for someone Burke tried he tried yeah. to take his full back on but I saw people say you know he had a he had a good game he had a better game is the good game was whole he had a I better game than I'm certainly than in others. this camp with Burke the thing is with Burke is I'm used to him just doing next to nothing so mm. Even with him doing a little bit last night, I was one that said, yeah, he had a good game again. But I'm just now of the opinion that for such a long period of time, he's done nothing. So anything's better than that, right? And maybe you're right. Because they never, again, my dad said it last night. There was no, any point, with, with Burke, it's, it's a bit of a weird one because at no point do I ever feel like the ball's under control, he's got any composure or he's going to find that pass or he's going to hit mm. the target. But yet, I feel like he's dangerous and he's probably going to probably be in our best 11, which is a bit of a weird thing to say because... Mm. It's pace. It's his yeah, pace that does that. It is. But as I say, probably part of that as well is why I never feel like the ball's under control with him. Like mm. I, I, One other chance I actually just thought of was, was the cutback. Malone played a great pass in behind and he managed to get in down the left-hand side and cut it back to Fleming. It, again, that just little bit of composure there, the ball back to Fleming was just half a yard out of Fleming's reach so he could have a first-time shot or mm. control it quickly and get a shot off. And uh, I say we're going to probably talk about it in a bit more detail, but that lack of composure, probably ability to some aspect as well in the final third is really killing us at the minute. Lack of ability, I think, is the, is the big one. I think, you know, <laughs> Savile and Mitchell, how, as good as they are, they don't offer you goals they're not they don't offer you any goals they don't they, 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 Savile is a surprise because I think he could because he has done before but he's obviously playing in a different role he's changed he's changed his game now right? yeah 
yeah. that's not his game. Oh, Danny McNamara doesn't offer you goals. Hutchinson and Cooper are not scoring. Uh, yeah, I know Cooper had a, a good opportunity, but he didn't score. So you're reliant on really Fleming, Malone, who does get forward, but again, his delivery is better than maybe our other fullbacks, but he's still a little bit of a loose cannon. I mean, why he tried a Rabona cross was just absolutely ridiculous. There's just no need for it, but that's another yeah. issue. Um, Bradshaw and, and the wingers. And we know that Voggy doesn't really doesn't really get involved. Burke does have his pace, but does he really... He doesn't put a foot in. So you, you, if there's a 50-50 and you think if he wins it, he's away, you don't ever think he's going to win it because he doesn't put his foot in to, 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 to create that chance. So... The, the lack of goals, the lack of creativity is hurting us. And it's almost as if the players are looking at, and I don't want to think it, but Rowett keeps saying, and, and the pundits keep saying, if you keep Bradshaw and Fleming quiet, you keep Millwall quiet. And it's almost as if the players are looking at them going, well, come on and do something for us. We need you. And it's like, they're not going to do it every time. Because if they were doing it every time, they'd be on 30 goals and you'd have all reports already of clubs in the Premier League coming in for them straight away. Yeah. So it, it, it's impossible for them to do it every time. Someone needs to take some responsibility and we just don't have that. I will say, second half, Callum Styles looked all right in that trying to make something happen, a little bit of movement, a little bit of positivity. The shot that led to Bradshaw's chance, which Bradshaw should score, in my opinion, um, inside the six-yard box. But someone, we need someone to, t- again, take the game by the scruff of the neck and make something happen. And we just don't have anyone that wants to do that or yeah, can do yeah. that. I mean, we've put, spoken about the next point probably a lot there, but let's just finish on the second half yesterday because, we, as I said earlier, we, we had to come out of the blocks in the second half that we had no choice. And we certainly did that. We touched upon it. We made those three quick tackles that certainly seemed to get the crowd going. That led mm. into a 25, 20 minutes of kind of sustained pressure. Rowett alluded to it again in his post-match interview, and he, he mentioned the amount of good kind of spaces and areas that we got into. And again, it just ties back to my opinion on the game against what other people have said. And we really did. We got in some really mm. good positions for a Millwall side that we, we, we I've seen so many games that we just haven't done that. And obviously we, we, we touched on a couple of chances there, but, we did. We did, we fashioned out a couple, and the, the first one that Bradshaw weirdly tried to to head. I don't know why he went with a header. How George Savile hasn't got a toe on the scramble after that is just mm. unbelievable. Um, and then, as you said, Styles come on, looked bright, looked lively. Certainly, an interesting role seeing him playing that kind of deep midfield position. Um, had the effort again. I think. I keep saying the same saying, but another 100 times, probably Bradshaw scores 99 of those and Efridge doesn't get a, an arm or whatever it hit on it. And we, we, we go one all and we probably go on and win the game. But we certainly played better in the second half. And again, I know that's not the... Hmm. We don't need to do that at the minute. We need to grind out results. But we got in a lot of good positions and we did create good opportunities. But again, as we just spoke about, it's just that that final, that final ball all the time, that bit of composure, a bit of quality. We just really seem to lack it. The amount of times that Danny Mack got in down that right hand side in really mm-hmm. good crossing positions for any fullback doesn't hit, doesn't beat the first man. 
doesn't beat the first man or the ball's loopy with no pace on or just misdirected. It was just, I feel like we're giving Danny Mack a hard time, but it was, yeah, again, we got into some good positions. You get with general thoughts on the second half? Huff and puff, really. It, th- there was a lot of effort. There was a lot. And I, I, when I say huff and puff, I don't mean that derogatory because they did, the, the effort can't, but you cannot, you cannot say the Millwall players don't have the effort and the desire, in my opinion, because they are giving us everything. They are working hard. They are trying to be better, but they just lack something. We all know that there's the, the quality gap between perhaps a Fleming and the rest of the squad or, or, you know, Billy Mitchell and other players and people like that. But there's only so many times that you can say we got into good spaces. You've got to score. And the the I thought Everington come on and I, I thought he had quite a good second half, to be honest with you. He, he claimed a lot. He, he caught pretty much everything, some good saves. But I've got the match report up here, Stephen, just mm. on flash scores whilst I've got the other scores up and he got man the match. So. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought, again, it was like the whole keeper. He had a... He had a he had a very good game and, and you can't really argue with that sometimes. But to to go back to your point on, um, you know, the, the good crossing positions and things like that, that's where your, um, dare I say it, your Jed Wallace or your, you know, Archer at um, Middlesbrough, or your Sarah at Norwich, those players find they find their teammates to, to have a really good effort on goal, and we're not we're, we're not really doing that. The one the one chance I know Bradshaw had had a very good chance, but the one was Fleming's header. It, 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 Fleming said he's got to score. He has just yeah. got to score. And someone made a comment about Tim Kale. Um, if if that was Tim Kale on the end of that, he buries it. And I know you can't keep talking about old players, but but Fleming is is the star it's man. True, yeah. he, he's got to he's got to score. He's just got to score, and he didn't. And you know, it, it, I don't want to give the players too much of a hard time because they didn't play badly yesterday. It wasn't one of those performances where you can go, oh, it's, it just it just isn't good enough where it really counts, and where it really counts is in that final third. Again, I don't want to come across like I'm giving Fleming a hard time, so I've brought it up a couple of times now, and I mentioned it on the spaces last night. And there's always a lot of talk about, oh, it goes over his head, it misses him out, he doesn't get on the ball enough. We had so much of the ball last night, and we had so much of the ball in and around their box. I can't think of a single time where he made that pass into someone, or down even out to Danny Mack, or out to Malone, into Bradshaw's feet. If he's our star man, like we, he clearly has been this season, he has to influence that game more for me. Mm-hmm. And that's just my that's just my opinion. We're, we're all saying how good he is and he's going to go move, get a big move to the Premier League and he, he probably will do. But there'll be a lot of scouts and I'm sure Premier League managers, etc., that would look at that and go, well, he didn't touch the ball in the second half. He had that great chance, as we just said, a long-range effort in the first half. But in a game that we had a lot of the ball and a lot of the ball in the final third, where we needed to find a, a killer pass. It's lacking. It, it was lacking, yeah. And he, he didn't seem to get on the ball. And, and again, I know, I think he might, might, might have mentioned on the space last night and they said that oh, he was potentially marked out the game. And I was again trying to think, was he mad marked? I, don't, I, don't, I didn't No, I don't think so. Like he was. Got... So what's your, the other... your thought? 
sorry the other thing i just wanted to i just wanted to touch on that's really really um something that really bothers me and it's only a little thing but in the last 10 minutes i know teams are trying to manage the game and birmingham did a very very good job of it but we fell to pieces cooper and hutchinson were just lumping it here there and everywhere long distribution went out the window we had no structure whatsoever i'm gonna say something that's absolutely that you, you might i'm i'm feeling absolutely fine by the way before you question this but the answer yesterday was to bring on george evans right it was to it was it was <laughs> hear, sure me out, hear me out hear me out hear me out it was to bring on george evans so you knew that that we were gonna have a lot of the ball at the back because they were just going to boot it and Long was passing it to Cooper and Hutchinson. It was just going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. You needed someone that could pick a pass. That was the time you had. I think we had an extra sub left. He brought on what more essay styles. He had the extra sub left for the last 10 minutes. The two players that touched the ball the most from a middle perspective was Cooper and Hutchinson. They just kept passing it to each other. They didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. That was the time to bring him on to, for someone that could play a pass. I don't like George Evans. I, I'm not. I'm, he, he's going to go at the end of the season. We're probably never going to see him again. But in that scenario, that's when you needed him on because they took off Savile. They lost all their structure and they didn't have anybody that really that could that could pick a pass from deep. It just it just all went out the window. And the professionalism, like I get that Birmingham went down to the corner, but how many times were we kicking it out for a throw in and just letting them rinse the time, take go down, get a drink, the everything that we we let them manage the game and it was so poor from our point of view. It really was. At a time where you're really pushing for a goal. Do you think we just put so much into that 25 minutes, half an hour previous? Because we, the 80th minute mark came and it was almost like the game was dead at that point. They, mm. as you said, they slowed it up even more. Our quality lessened if that was even possible. As you said, the, the, the long balls got more misdirected and it just seemed all that pressure that we built up was just allowed to go. And that was probably the way that Birmingham managed the game and the time wasting, etc. But that, as Rowett said, that's not on us, right? That's a Birmingham issue. We need to manage that end period of the game better. But do you, so, do so you we, think we just, sorry, think we just put so much into that kind of previous half an hour? Because we did. It was a bombardment. Right? They couldn't get out of their box, let alone their half. Don't we just put so much into that and we just run out of steam at, at that point? Possibly, but then that's when you've got a fifth sub. You've got Shackleton on the bench. You've I was got, about to say, I'm still scratching my head with that one, with the Shackleton thing not you've coming got, on. No, you've got... You've got uh, I mean, it, it so it was Bennett, S.A., Bennett, S.A., Watmore and Star. So they did have another sub. Look, we all know that you know, it's Evans and Shackleton. They're not exactly going to be, you know, rip-roaring forwards that are going to, you know, take anybody on. But you could clearly see that there was a problem that, you know, we didn't manage the game properly. And and even to the point, and I know you can't just go all gung-ho, but you could have put Jake Cooper up front. If you're going to just smash it in the last 10 minutes, why not? What what you got to lose? There's no difference. I know they're going to talk about goal difference, and I will probably come on to that because it is very tight. But you cannot rely on goal difference. You need points. Losing one nil or two nil wouldn't have been any, wouldn't, wouldn't have made any difference. But you put Jake Cooper up front. At least you've got someone to aim to someone to hit. 
Well, we, we, we've done that. Well, we did it at Hull. I'm sure we've done it other games this season. But at that point, then, and we talk about just Long's distribution, we did it at Hull, but then we didn't seem to hit Cooper. We did it in the last, I think it might have been the last five minutes, certainly from added on time last night. He was up top. Don't think one ball went near him. It all went down Mason Bennett's throat, who's four foot nothing. Mm. And it's just, as you say, it's, it probably leads into our, our next point quite nicely. But obviously, it was a very disappointing result last night. I'm more downbeat after last night than I was at Hull, maybe because time's just running out now. But there's been a lot of, I want to say, hysteria on, on social media, but it certainly seems like it. Um, it wasn't that bad a result that people are making it out. Sorry, it was it was a bad it wasn't that bad a performance that people are making out to be. And mm. as I keep saying, if we play that game again, we don't create and I know you made a point of it last night, but two point five on the XG. I know XG doesn't win you points, but if we have that many chances again, if we have it Saturday and against Blackpool, I would be amazed if we don't win. It's just my opinion. But anyway, I see, let's move on from I, I, just just one the last point I would say on that the last point before we go on Paul um, Chewy on on Twitter um, that was but, my next point so well done oh okay <laughs> read your mind posted um, a tweet uh, I'm sure we'll be able to share it on the pod account if it already hasn't been um, I think if we've had 95 shots in the last six games. So that's um, Huddersfield, Luton, West Brom, Preston, Hull, and Birmingham. Oh, yeah. So they're they're the, they're the six. We've had ninety five shots, thirty one on target. One in three on target is okay. I don't think it's too bad. But we've scored two goals. So we have scored two goals from ninety five shots. If that isn't the most damning statement stat whatever you want to however you want to word it at a time where where we desperately need the points more than ever two goals from 95 shots that's not a team that's a top six contender um stats it's really not no i mean as yeah like we were gonna we're moving on to it now and just the general lack of firepower right and i think that just perfectly sums it up that that stat there's there's no there's no um again other stats that fly about Bradshaw's got fifteen, Fleming's got fourteen. Do you know who our next top goal scorer is? Charlie Creswell. And now he's injured. Yeah, and he's a centre half. And he's on loan. <laughs> and he's on loan. <laughs> yeah. The list so, goes on, right? So it's it is it's it's embarrassing. And and I even think in the top five, a phobie's in there. I'm pretty sure in the top five goal scorer, he left. He left in December. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not. It's just not good enough. In and I'm sure there'll be plenty of debates on this. And I I said this on a space or on a show a couple of weeks ago. The lack of transfer business in January is a subject that had been swept under the carpet because we were going really really well. We were looking okay for the top six and things were going quite well. Now it's started to get a little bit shaky and things are starting to go wrong and we're not scoring goals. Those questions have come straight back to the surface and Alex Aldridge and Steve Kavanagh and Gary Rowett and whoever else, the other scouts, they are faced with these questions now which they don't they shouldn't have to answer with three games to go. They shouldn't be answering these questions but they have to. Because yeah. the question yeah. has to be asked, what the hell were they doing 
in January, letting two strikers go. I know Alafi hasn't really set the world alight at Stockport in League Two. I get that, but he's still another centre forward. They let two strikers go. They probably got unlucky with a lad from Ireland, but he was never going to come in and be a goal scorer. That 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 was never going to. That's one for the future. Yeah. So their big plan was to go with one proper striker for forty-six games. Yeah. How does that work? Well, yeah. Again. Probably leads on nicely, but let's just talk about what we have got at the minute and just generally our lack of quality across the pitch, lack of composure. We've said it a couple of times already. It's certainly been highlighted in more games and in more games where we've had more of the ball, more opportunities, more probably chances created. Cardiff have just equalised against Watford. Um our final ball, our end product, I think collectively as a team and a team in the top six is nothing short of bad. I'm just going to, that's, that's being quite polite. <laughs> I, I think the like of Bruce, I mentioned Burke, I never feel like he's going to, he's never going to find that killer pass. The ball never seems to be under control. He's not going to score even five goals. Just, <laughs> We brought him in in January, right? It's not probably beyond belief for a winger to score five goals. I didn't expect him to do that. What more, again, that's probably a subject on his own, is I just, I'm struggling with him. Mm-hmm. Fleming's gone off the boil. Bradders, we, I mean, we've said it a million times, to rely on just him being our sole striker for the rest of the season after January was always going to be tough. I think I've said it a few times. He's a streaky centre forward anyway. He doesn't score for five games. Then we'll score in five games. At this stage of the season, that's not good enough. But mm. generally, our final end product is bad. Let Why me, is that? Let me, I'm going to just ask you, just before I answer that, but it leads on quite nicely. If I said to you, give me our best... Ele- everyone's fit. The whole team, the whole squad is fit. So I know we haven't got that at the moment. Who's your, who's your 11? Who's our best 11? In your opinion, I don't think I changed the back five. I actually think Malone should be in there just purely on. I know my my Wallace has been brilliant for us, and I don't like to knock him at all. But I, I think Malone certainly going forward gives us. Well, actually, maybe maybe I'd start Styles in there because again, I spoke to my dad about this, and I think we just if we want to move on as a team, a footballing team. Mm. We need to move away from the centre-half who's become a left-back and we need to start getting a bit more of a wing-back, a modern wing-back in there and Styles is certainly that sort of player. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'd play Styles there and in the back five. I'd, I'd certainly, look, I, I'd, I like Long, as I, as I keep saying, so I'd have him. I'd probably play, yeah, Danny Mack. I think Creswell would be in there now, I think, over Hutch and I'd mm-hmm. have Coops and Styles. I think the midfield three his answers for itself doesn't need doesn't need talking about but Sav Mitchell and Fleming. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brad is obviously up top, and then you, you two wingers. This is, right, just... this is where, and this is what leads me on to when you talk about creativity. Who are our best two wingers? Well, I think if poor old Mason Bennett could be fit, I think he would certainly certainly be my starter. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's a really tough one, wide right, because. I've I've called for Honeyman not to play there, but 
I'd argue he's probably better than anyone else we, we, we've got. He's not a wide right player. Vogie, I've not, I th I've been defensive of him and said so he gets a bit of a hard time. Watching him last night, I said was, to my dad, was like watching a school kid who had no idea what he was doing in the first half. He was just running around, had no clue. And maybe now I'm probably starting to see what most of the fans have been seeing for the, 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 most, the most of this season. But yeah, look, that wide right position could be one of four, right? And that's and, really what you're, what you're going to say. And that much of a muchness, muchness. is exactly why we have problems creativity because you've picked a player who we can't keep fit over any of the players that have been regularly available since January. Yeah. And there lies the problem because yeah. they're not, you, you could, you could honestly put their names in a hat and pick two of them out every week and just go, well, you have a go, you have a go. I'm not going to include SA in that. I'm not going to include him in that. I do. I can understand where people are coming from and saying he's a boy. You can't put all your hopes on him. I, I understand that. But when no one else is doing anything, what have you got to lose? I think there's a case in point that that doesn't just, that doesn't just apply to him. Some of our under-21s have got quite a few goals for the under-21s this year. We're not scoring any goals. What's the worst that can happen? Realistically, what is the worst that can happen? We're not scoring. We're losing one game, game one nil. You can't get any worse than that. So Absolutely. That's that's that answers how you answered that question is exactly what I hoped for, and we didn't pre-plan that for any no, of the listeners at home. We didn't. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's it's purely nobody knows who to play because none of them are doing anything in, in an attacking position. And and the, the one that's as sure that you said would be picked every week doesn't can only play Do once every every two weeks. So yeah. Absolutely. It's it's a couple it's of score updates, mate. Swansea two 0 and Cardiff now two one up. So results are going oh, our way at the Ben, you're giving me false hope. <laughs> you're giving all the well no, by the time this goes out, we'll everyone will know what the scores are. But Absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's it, it's it's a problem. January, come the end of the season, I'm really looking forward. I know it sounds really stupid, but I'm really looking forward to us doing a proper review of the season and really getting into it. Can't do it now because you don't really know what's going to happen still. But really, either way, whatever happens, because January is is going to be the... the I don't want to say it's going to be the legacy of Gary Rowett, because I don't, and again, it's not just Rowett that works on getting players in. There are, you know, it's it's scouts, it's agents, it's, you know, all of these recruitment teams and stuff like that. But January, this January is going to be the real time where people are going to go, you blew it. 
if we don't make the top six, that's going to be the the the, the resounding um, the resounding. Um, I think uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's yeah, yeah. Opinion, yeah. No, I totally agree, and I think look, we probably could do a January piece as its own five-hour segment on mm. the thought, but <laughs> yeah, I t- totally agree. I think just to go into the and going back to my team actually, just whilst I'm on that and thinking about it, the reason why I didn't put SA wide right is because start of the year he what he was in and around the squad, right? He wasn't even guaranteed. I don't even. To be in. It wasn't even, it was a Christmas, I think, wasn't it? So, exactly. So, no. he hasn't been in the squad all year. I haven't, and I, I didn't want to say that. There's going to be a load of people going, why, why has he not said SA plans mm. wide right? I probably would pick him now. I wouldn't say he's in my, just going to sound weird, he probably wouldn't be my best team, but I'd probably pick him now because where we're at and what we need. But, yeah, exactly that. I just don't think, I think we've got four or five players that are ultimately too similar and they're ultimately. I don't want to say not good enough because if we get in the top six, this conversation is going to be irrelevant, right? But mm. well, I said, again, I said it on the spaces last night. We took Watmore off Sunderland's hands. I can't believe we didn't take him, certainly to Watmore's opinion, to be more of a player than he has been a part. He wouldn't leave Sunderland. I'm probably, this is a total guess, assuming he was on more money at Sunderland than he will be on at us. Mm. I can't believe he's taken, unless again, maybe they want to get him off the wage budget, but I can't believe he's come to us with the promise of being the same amount of game time. I don't believe that. Burke, we know all about, I don't know he did enough in his first loan spell with us to warrant us getting him back. Blackburn have just scored. Um, Yeah, I just think we've got too many, if but maybe players, as we just said, in too many positions. Also, I am going to do it. I think we got Duncan Watmore from Middlesbrough, not Sunderland. Sorry, we did. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was thinking about it. I was going, was it Sunderland? Did Sorry, it, no, but that, I think that's where he started, same, wasn't it? But it was same, same point, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, it, I, I, it, I get it, what you're saying. He'd be, he'd be on, uh, he'd be on more money at Middlesbrough. He was an impact sub. I know he got injured again and he fell out of the favour with Carrick. But would he have come to us? Of the promise of getting same game time, I just don't don't see that. He might as well no. stay at Middlesbrough. I, I I just think I just think with it it's so strange how it was Nesbit 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 every day we were waiting for an update. Is he signed? What's going on? This that and the other. Then it was oh no that's not happening. Then the next day oh we've lined up Oliver Burke. Then about two hours later oh we've signed up Duncan Watmore. And it just it you just look at that and you go hmm did they were they deals that perhaps at the start of the window they'd gone? No, I, I don't. I genuinely, I know or, what you're going to say, and just no. Or, I, I just, I, I can't believe they were. Or were they deals that they had on the back burn? Yeah, like they've probably contacted Bert because they would have been. Someone would have been in contact with him because he he was with us last year. Going might be an opportunity to come back. Would you be interested? Kind of thing. And it's kind of like, we'll see what's happened. And then it got to the, the last couple of days of the window and they were both signed. So, look, again, we can do a lot in January. We really, really can. But but it's not, it's not, it's it's not something that can just be swept under the carpet. It has to, again, we, we could be having this conversation. This could go out and then in, in two weeks' time, it won't matter because we could still make the top six. So it, it does become an irrelevant argument. But well, look, let's change it and not be too doomy and gloomy. 
because we are talking like we haven't made the top six and it's not happening. We still have an opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. And that probably leads us into tonight's games. I know I've been giving some score updates, but people know the result when they listen to this back tomorrow. Blackburn obviously got Coventry at the minute. QPR playing Norwich. Swansea are playing Preston. Could probably put Watford and Cardiff in there as a game that's relevant to us. Mm-hmm. I think so. For now. For now. Obviously, maybe tomorrow definitely won't be yeah. worried about Watford. But, um, yeah, look, tonight's games and the team's games in hand, I think for us, there's been a lot made about the teams we're playing and we, we'd rather be playing the team's top of the leagues, we perform better, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just going to put a line through that and I would say absolutely everyone in the position that we're in would switch their fixtures around and want to have ours over theirs. Um, they've all got yeah, played, so. case, in, case in point tonight, Blackburn have got Coventry. They're, they're going to drop points, right? So, the team's games in hand as well. We spoke about last night. I think you mentioned them. Steve, yeah, maybe, I think. You, so you've got... No. West Brom have got Sheffield United, have they? Yep, and Blackburn played Burnley. Now, there's a lot of people on Twitter again today and last night were saying, oh, they've both been promoted. The Sheffield United-West Brom one, maybe because Sheffield United are going to finish second. We all know that. Everybody knows that. So they're just going to... They might coast. And also, I think if I'm right, Sheffield United playing the FA Cup this weekend in the semi-final. And they could be on a massive come down from that. So you don't know what with, with what's going to happen with them. But Blackburn, people are saying that Burnley, are, you know, they're going to be on the beach. They are rivals. If yeah, Burnley, it's not a beach game. no, if Burnley can, if Burnley can bugger up Blackburn's opportunity to make it into the top six, they're going to do it, or they're going to try and do it anyway. Yeah. So I think I'd, the, the games in hand, I would, I've always been an advocate of. I'd rather have the points on the board, and I, I would rather have the points on the board, but. I think people have to be realistic that whilst there's teams playing tonight and there are a few results going in our favour, what we really need is we need to be going... If Blackburn are in the top six after 45 games, as long as we are two points or less behind them, I'll, I'll, I'll at least be happy going into that last game. It's in our hands because if it's not in your hands, it's horrible because you could yeah. go and win six nil and it don't make a blind bit of difference. Stay within Blackburn's reach to keep them within your grasp and, and anything can happen. Yeah, totally agree, mate. So, and just on that, I've said for a while, I, I think we will go into that game at the end of the season needing exactly that. I think we'll need something. Be nice if Coventry could get an equaliser this evening. Um, mm. As it stands, with Blackburn obviously being one nil up, be nice if they can equalise. And as you say, look, it's, it's, it's it... sorry to interrupt you there, but Blackburn's next game is Preston on on I think it's on Saturday. And That's a bit of a derby game as well. Yeah, right? and and if Preston are losing this evening, um, I think they're still they're still behind. Swansea are three nil up. You've just there you go. Yeah. There you go. So Preston, if they really want to again keep aspiration because they're still going to whatever happens tonight they're still going to be within three points of someone or, or whatever it is two points so again I mean exactly that mate they're three nil down they're now down into tenth 
And as it stands, they're three points behind us who are sitting in sixth. And and that's and that, I mean uh, the good thing about with I know you know it's not over yet but their goal difference is obviously taking a bit of a pounding so that's that's always a good thing as well. I think they were in minus anyway because of their yeah. slow start. I think yeah. they're in minus. So, but yeah, it's only going to be worse, right? It's only going to be worse. So there's teams have got to play each other. Steve Morrison had it bang on on Sky. He said that the, the the question was posed about teams, you know, maybe sitting back, and he turned around and went, "Wigan cannot afford to sit back. They can't afford to sit back against us because they've got to try and save their championship lives." And whereas when the teams like, for example, you've got a Blackburn v Preston, neither of them teams really want to make a mistake because it really could stop them making it into the top six. So. I think I agree with, I do agree with what you said at the start of this little piece that I would rather have our fixtures and say to Wigan, you've been at the bottom of the league all year. Okay, we typically struggle against teams at the bottom of the league. You've got to win, come at us and we'll see how good you are because we'll try and pick you off on the counter. And I think that will suit us on Saturday. Yeah. Anyone would think that you'd seen the agenda for tonight's show, but let's go into <laughs> into Wigan on Saturday. You summarised it probably perfectly there, mate, but... Yeah, look, maybe a bit of a blessing in disguise that they did win last night. And I, I initially thought, well, it makes it a bit more difficult now. But as you say, it probably it, it's probably a bit of a positive because they have to win. Like for any for them to have any hope in hell of staying up, we know it's going to be a long shot. We know they've got to win their three games and hope for other results. But as it stands, they still can stay in the league. So they have to win Saturday. I'm actually now looking at it and thinking of it as a bit of a positive because, as you said, they've got to come at us now. Hopefully, it leads to a bit of an open game. What do you think? I think initially, again, I think a lot of supporters were going, oh, bloody hell, Wigan won. They're going to have their towels up, blah, blah, blah. But I think I think you're right. The fact that, that they do have to win, they can't just sit at home for a point. They've got to win the game, which says to me that they're either going to go gung-ho, which is going to play into our hands or they're going to be really nervy on the ball. And they're obviously at the bottom of the league for a reason. You know, it happens at this time of year. Teams at the bottom of the league are there because they are the, the, the worst teams in the division. There's, that's just how it is. So if they're going to be nervy on the ball, you might be able to pick them off. And if they are going to come at us, that if Oliver Burke is ever going to score a goal in a game of football, it is going to be Saturday because they are gonna they're gonna attack us and he's gonna they're gonna have to use his pace. They're gonna have to use or someone who we haven't mentioned, Tyler Bury, if he's floating around, because again, I, I know I've been Tyler Bury's biggest fan, but if if the if the other boys aren't doing it, then what have you got to lose? Really, realistically, what have you got? I think people would have him in the squad over Vogelsammer. So, I actually just scratched my head because that's how Bury makes me feel. Um, and I, I agree. Look, I agree. I'm not, as you said, I'm not Bury's biggest fan. But just from looking outside, it, looking at it from an outsider's point of view, Rowett clearly sees more from him day to day basis that makes me feel he can't be trusted or doesn't like something, right? Because I know he's been injured, but he's been playing in the under 21s, right? Recently. He has. So clearly. People didn't pick up on this. Yesterday morning, he posted a video that he was in the gym. So maybe he's not fit. Maybe he's been told he's got to do some gym work. I don't know. I don't know. But sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, we're just going back to your Burke piece. 
yeah, I think it sets up perfectly for him if it's if it's going to be an open game. Maybe eventually you will hit the back of the net, but <laughs> pigs might also fly. Um, I can tell you're yeah. really looking forward to being there on Saturday, aren't you? <laughs> no, do you know what? I actually really am. I, and I've said it in the group a couple of times. I said it to you earlier, mate, as well. I, I think we'll win Saturday. I do think we'll win. Um, I'm, I'm still on a little, obviously, a bit of a downer after last night, but my positive mindset's still there. I don't know where this has come from. I know mm-hmm. you've been digging me out about it. Um, I do think we'll win Saturday just because, as I just said, I think now the fact that Wigan have to win is going to suit us. It's going to help mm. us. Yeah, They can't sit back. And I just think the way we're going to set up will suit for them to come on to us. And as you said, we have got enough pace at least, maybe not the quality, but <laughs> we've got the pace at least to, to, to cause them some, some damage. Um, yeah, the, so only, the-, the only issue just on that though, thinking about it, all the teams at the bottom of the league are winning tonight, aren't they? Cardiff are winning. Cardiff are winning, QPR are winning. So, again, uh, look, Wigan might think it's a no hope, but they again, it plays into our hands. If teams pick up points tonight, Wigan, it, it, again, it adds to they've got to win the game. They can't just sit there and go down. They can't time waste. They, that's the that's the biggest thing that I think is going to come out of the game on Saturday. They cannot afford at nil nil to be rolling around the floor because a point's not enough. Yeah. Well, so yeah, as I said at the beginning of this piece, right, they have to win their three games Mm. and then hope for other results. The results, as they stand tonight, have moved Huddersfield. They're seven points clear of them, level points, uh, level games played, sorry. So, as you said, it is a long shot, but I think it just helps us. It's another thing pointing in our direction. They can't sit in. They're not on holiday. It's not a free hit for them. They have to win. If they want Mm. to remain in the championship, they have to win. I think that's just going to suit us. Now, going into that game, what would your... Again, there's so many voices and opinions going around today and every single one of us is obviously right, um, entitled to an opinion. What would you do Saturday, Stephen? What would your team be? Um, I would go... I'd, I'd, long. I'm going to go from left to right because it gives me time to think about what I'm going to do at right back. Can um, we? Um, are you sticking with the formation? Because again, that's something that's been spoken about, right? And I think we spoke no. about it on our. You're not. You're, so you're changing the formation. So I am changing. I am changing the formation. See, that's an interesting out. one because I just. I'm not again. Not saying you're right or wrong. Just my opinion. I think it'd be a very, very brave man for Gary Rout to change the formation now at this stage of the season. Only slightly, though. And it's a real slight tactical thing. And you'll see where I'm going with it. And I've mentioned it a few times. I'd go, I would go with Malone at left back. There is a case to to play styles, but I would go with Malone at left back. Cooper, Hutchinson. If it was me, I would be going (laughs) with Shackleton. I would be going with Shackleton on, on, um, on Saturday. I would go the two boys in midfield, Savile and Mitchell. That doesn't change. The slight change, and again, I'm killing time because I'm just debating who I'm going to put out wide. The slight change I would make, rather than have us 4-2-3-1, I think Fleming needs to be closer to Bradshaw. So it's more 4-4-1-1. So Fleming's in the centre-forward type role and Bradshaw's in the striker role. So it's not... Fleming is still in an, in his probably preferred position, but rather than having 
dropping back deeper. You shouldn't, you should, against the team that's bottom of the league, you don't need Fleming tracking back. You just, you, you don't. It, it, and you know, we both know that that's going to happen. We're going to be there yeah. on Saturday. And we're going to have this conversation and we're going to see Fleming half tracking time. back. And, yeah, yeah, probably. But for, he doesn't need to do that. He's got to stay closer to Bradshaw just on the knock. If they're going to knock it up to Bradshaw, Fleming needs to be closer to him to at least give him some support. So, I would. That's the change I would make to the formation. I would just say to Fleming, concentrate more on, on supporting Tom. Um, I would probably go while wide left. I would go Mason Bennett. I would start him on the left. Um, I'm a, I, as as you know, and we've discussed it. When you said it earlier, I, I'm a fan of Bennett. If, if you could keep him fit, he'd probably be a quite a good championship player. So when he is fit, I think you've got to get the best out or try and get the best out of him. On the right, I would love, I would love to say SA. I really would love to say SA. But on Saturday, I really, really think, and if and, and this is a head and heart situation, I'd love to say SA. But if it was me in the position, I would go with Burke again and and say to him, look, they're gonna come at us. This is not. This is this is your opportunity to really stamp some authority on your loan spell and give us a chance. Use the pace, get in behind, and make something happen. Because as as we've said, we're going to likely to come out. They're not going to sit rigid at the back. Their fullbacks might bomb forward a little bit, and if you catch them once, that's where you need. That's where you need real pace, and I think that's why Burke needs to play. Next question: Do you think we'll change it, or do you think we'll see the same starting eleven? I think he will change it. I think he will change it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go against everything I've just said, how I would play it. I think I've really got it in my head that he's going to pick SA. I really, really do. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I still think there'll be a change because I think Boggle Summer will drop out. I think he'll keep Burke. Burke's someone who I think he might be quite settled on him now from now until the end of the season. But I think Boggy's in danger of dropping out. Yeah, I think exactly. What you, well, just yeah, spot on. I think. Um, I think Vogie's now not doing enough in games that we almost certainly need to win. Having someone in the side who's arguably there for his defensive work. It's just it's just mm. not worthwhile now. And it's, in my opinion, Burke's strongest period of games that I've seen him have. And mm. as we said earlier, that's not really based on a great deal. So I don't think he's done enough in either loan spells, but I think it's his best period that he's had or certainly got involved more than he has at any period of time. Um, so, yeah, totally agree. My team, I, I'm not changing Bart in for long. Again, I've seen so many people saying that. I just, mm. as we said earlier, I don't think we can now at this stage of the season. I just don't think we will. I would also drop Danny Mack. Just, just give him a kick up the arse more than anything else. Um, but the fact that we're not even bringing on Shackleton at the end of games, we did again, did it against Hull. We, we, we didn't do it, sorry, didn't do it against Hull. We didn't do it last night. Is there something else there that we're not seeing? Is he not fit? Is there something the route's not liking in training and we, we don't know, right? But the fact that he's not even coming at the end of the games means he's, he's almost certainly not going to start, but I would start Shackleton, centre-halves, as we'd expect. 
And I would say, because I put him in my best team earlier, I would play Styles if he's fit and just say to him, get forward as much as you can. Don't worry about what's going in behind you. And almost, you guys laughed at me last night and I'd almost play him as that kind of inverted wing-back, like kind of what Zinchenko <laughs> does for Arsenal, right? Because he, he obviously played in that midfield position yesterday. Mm. I would just say to him, get, get on the ball as much as you can, influence it as far up the pitch as much as you can. So I'd start Styles. Yeah, midfield two, Saville and, and, and Mitchell. I'm not changing formation again. I just don't think we can at this stage of the season. We need to. We need to at least say to ourselves, we're here because we've been doing something right. Whilst the period of games hasn't been the best, we, we're here because, as I said, we're doing something right over this period of of games, and where we're here at this point in the season because of the formation change to four three two one or four two three one. So, yeah, I'm keeping the formation the same. As I said, Sav and Mitchell going to play Burke, Fleming. I, yeah, I'm going to start Mason Bennett. I, same, same with you. I think if he's if he's fit, if if he's fit, then he, he's, he's probably one of our best attacking players. So I'm going to start him. And again, just say to him, even if he gives us 45 minutes, we've got five subs. Mm. Give us 45 yeah. minutes because everything you've got, if you have to come off, you have to come off. But yeah, I'd start Mason Bennett and obviously Brad is up top would be my team. And in answer to my second question that I asked you, do I think he'll change it? No, I think we'll go with the same team. He, it'd be very brave to stick with the same team. We all know Raul's capable of doing that. And we that's why, and I, I can understand it, absolutely why you think that he might. But it'd take a brave man to not make a change from that team that lost last night. It really would. And I, I don't know if, if, I don't know if Rowett's going to do that. We'll see. We'll see. At t- yeah. Well, look, at the, at the, whoever he picks, what, whatever team goes out on Saturday, he just has to say to them, do you want a shot? Do you want a shot at the Premier League? Go and earn it. And then they've got to go out and do it. As I say, I think he ought it's the first time. I, I, one thing Gary out gets a lot. He gets a lot of stick about a lot of things, but I always think his post-match interviews is he's very. I've, there's very few times I've ever heard him speak, and he hasn't certainly spoke what I saw in a game. I think he's very honest in his post-match interviews, and the fact that he got turned around last night and pointed the finger back to the players and said, "Look." We can only do so much. We can only tell them to do so many things. But if the players don't do it, it's on them. They need to go and deliver now. And there is an element, there is just, not even an element, it's 100% truth in that. It's on them now. And exactly what you just said, the, the, the team talk speaks for itself. You've got an opportunity to go in the Premier League here or give yourself a shot at playing the Premier League. Go and earn it. Go and do it. Go and put yourselves potentially in, in mill history. Um, I know we're not even in the playoffs yet, but just go and do it. But you have to, you have to, look, you have to, people have to realise, and it's not just the players, it's the fans, it's the board, it's everybody. This is as good as it's going to get unless there is serious investment in this football team. You're not going to, the league is going to get harder because you're going to have teams that are coming down. Leicester are going to sell James Madison for so much money 
if they get relegated, they're going to be able to buy a whole new squad. They're going to cherry pick the best players in the championship. Yeah. Uh, if if Ipswich come up, they Portman Road, they sell it out every week. They're going to have a they're going to have a decent budget to spend. If Sheffield Wednesday come up, they're going to have a a, a decent budget. Derby might have a bet, you know, the, the budget if they come up. It, you know, this is this league is as good as it gets in terms of giving an underdog an opportunity to get promoted. And I would also go as far to say that if Luton don't do it this year, I know they've got the new ground coming, but they're another club, a bit like us. How long can they sustain it, a, a push to the Premier League? They've done it for two seasons. Can we do it for two seasons if we don't do it this year? Can we really get in the top six next year? Who knows? But eventually, the bubble bursts for teams like us. And if yeah. you don't do it, and this is what Rowett's got to have in his mind, and this is what the players have got to have in their mind. If they don't do it, people like Sean Hutchinson, who, who maybe never thought he'd get another opportunity at playing Premier League football again, this is your time. This is yeah. your time to do it. Totally and that's, agree, that's it. Totally agree. And I think we're at a point now where we, we spoke about it a little bit on, on Twitter today that I feel like we're at a YouTube, the bubble's going to burst. We're, I feel like we're at an end of a cycle and all clubs go through their cycle, right? I feel like we're at that end of cycle now, whether that even is with Rowett. And I, again, we, we spoke about it, as I said on Twitter mm. today. I feel like if we miss out on the playoffs again, he will look at it and go, that's three years on the spin now. What more can I do with this budget, with this club, with this group of players? What more can I physically possibly do is it time for me to move on if we get into the playoffs and fall short or get to the, whatever it is? He might look at it and go, "Okay, there's something else to build on. We've got another opportunity. We have progressed again." But again, we've got eight players. I think it's rumored to be out of contract in the summer. That is a big rebuild for for any club standard, let alone ours, because we don't bring in eight players. It's just fact. If we lose eight players. I know some of them will re-sign. I get that. And the senior players that are in there, the likes of Hutch, I think. I think Leonard's in there. So there's two straight away that are obviously big characters. So that we're not going to lose both of them, I wouldn't have thought. But yeah, look, my point being is we could be at the end of a cycle with the manager, the players, everything. So yeah, exactly what you just said. I think we need to get to the point of saying, lads, this is last chance salute. But let's just go and do it. Lay everything out on the table. No regrets look, at this point in the season. Look, we... We could be wrong. This is just that's just my opinion, and obviously your opinion. And I, you know, other people that are listening to this are going to go, "Oh no, we're still going to have these players and this, that, and the other." And that may well be the case. Someone could come in for Fleming, offer decent money, and then you could bring in quality in maybe more positions. Or, or someone could come in for essay. You know, he's the England under eighteen international. He's English, so you know, you, you could get you could get funds and 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 build a squad from that, but. Just realistically, how many times can we... Like, we had a rebuild job last summer. We had a rebuild job the summer before. You can't keep overhauling squad of, uh, and bringing in eight to ten faces a season and still being successful. It just doesn't... Because you're no. going to eventually replace good players with average, average ones. ones. Yeah. And I think so, we've, we've done that to some extent with maybe the players we've got in. I don't know who we've replaced. Well, we have. We've let go Jed, right? And we've almost replaced him with Burke, Watmore. Bogle Samar. Vogie. Three, I sound harsh, but three average players, right? To try Honeyman. and make up the gap for one. I don't put Honeyman in that category because I like him. And no, I do. But what I'm saying is, is that he's playing... Made. 
Honeyman's playing sort of wide right, that's where Jed would be playing. And what yeah. I'm saying is, is I'm not. I like George. I do like George Honeyman. But what, what my point when I, I include him is, is that you've signed attacking players to make up for Jed. People will say, "Oh, you got you know Zian Fleming." They're not the same. Someone made a point last night in the space as well. You put Jed Wallace in this team. We would have won the game last night. Well, we wouldn't have been. We wouldn't have been talking about scraping into the top six. We'd yeah. have been cemented in the top six by now. So, well, yeah. Again, all, yeah, we can talk about Jed Wallace till we're blue in the face. The opportunities we keep missing, but yeah, I do think if we had him, Mickey's going to hate us for even talking about this. But mm-hmm. if we did have him, then yeah, I don't, I, it would be a case of yeah, we'd be in there. We'd have cemented it. Look, but look, that is what it is. That is what it is. So you lose players, and and unfortunately. That could happen again this summer if we don't make it. And that's what people need to realise that, yeah, OK, we might still have a good team next year, but you're going to lose players along the way. And it's who you lose and how you replace Absolutely. them is the big thing. Totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Last piece on Wigan on Saturday. Prediction time? Uh, I predict it's going to take me hours to get there. <laughs> and it's gonna. I'm going to get into the ground. And no doubt it's probably going to be belting down with rain because we're going to be right up north. And it's been nice up here, actually. <laughs> my oh yeah, I forget you're. Yeah, yeah, you're the. the you're, yeah, literally just um ten minute around job. Yeah. Um. Again, it's a head and heart. Uh, the results tonight, I think, are going to play a big part in in mentality because I think if the, if we do somehow get a boost uh, with with teams not picking up results. We can't expect them all. If Blackburn carry on winning, fine, so be it. But I think that's going to that's gonna play a part in it because that's going to be used for the team talk. I would like to think if Wigan come at us, we will win the game because we should win the game. There's no, there's no argument. If Wigan come at us, we should be able to create the opportunities to beat a side that's bottom of the league. And they're bottom of the league because if we were playing Wigan six games ago, I'd have said no chance. They're going to sit in for a point. But now, I- I'm not as confident as what you are. But I would I would like to think that given the circumstances, that we can go there and win the game. And I would say perhaps a two nil under those circumstances. I'll take that because I'm going to say two one. So as I said, I do think we'll win. I think it massively helps. They need to win. I'm hoping it's going to be quite an open, I want to say exciting game, but I'm sure my heart's going to be in my mouth like everyone else's for probably 90 minutes. But yeah, I think if it's an open game, which I'm expecting, then I do think we'll win Saturday. I think we'll win 2-1. Maybe asking a lot for us to score two goals in one game, mate. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go over 2-1 win. Generally then, so last three games, obviously Wigan Saturday, Blackpool Friday, and then... Probably the big one against Blackburn. We put a or the pod at that Millwall pod put a poll out this afternoon on how many points we will get. And Stephen said, Stephen said six. Norwich have just equalised. Mm, that's fine. Uh, they, they haven't got games in hand. I'm not fussed about Preston them. Preston have also scored. It's three one. I don't think right. that's relevant. <laughs> um, I put six because. I don't know if we've got it in us to win three games in a row. I don't think I just I don't think we have. And I think there's 
we've got two banana skin games, and that's what concerns me a little bit in, in Wigan and, and Blackpool. Uh, maybe seven would be a, would maybe it is likely to be the figure that I think most people would expect us to get, but I think I, I think we'll get three on Saturday. I think we'll beat Blackburn at home. I really think we'll beat Blackburn at home. But the the kind of the real one, the 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 one that could do the damage is Blackpool. They've moved it to a Friday. It's on Sky. I'm, I, that's one I am a little bit worried about. But I said six, but maybe seven would could would be a little bit more of a realistic realistic if target. If we get six points and. I'm assuming then we win Saturday, as you said, lose to Blackpool and beat Blackburn last game of the mm. season. Do we make the top six? Yes or no? I knew you were going to ask me that. Oh. <laughs> oh. If we take six points from the last three games, I don't think it's going to be enough. So as it stands, if we take six points from the last three games that'll leave us on 71 points West Brom are obviously on 63 in the game in hand that means they need to get eight points from four games they I think they got it tough this weekend as well haven't they West Brom they, where did they go this weekend have a quick look they are playing Sunderland so that's not yeah. easy I mean look, look their last four games they've got West Brom are at home Sunderland Saturday 12 o'clock kickoff so that's a that's a big one mm. Um, then they've got Sheffield Wednesday on Wednesday after that. Then they've got Norwich at home. And then they finish this season on Swansea away. And we're seeing tonight of Swansea beating Preston currently 3-1. I like Swansea. I don't think that, that's that's not an easy four games. So for them, no, to it's get not. Eight, for them to get eight points from that, I think that's asking quite a lot. If six points, if six points gets us into the playoffs, we are going to the results are going to go massively in our favour. I think we, I think we need that buffer of a, of the seven. I think we need if we if we if we pick up seven. I know it's only one point, but it, it re, at this stage of the season it really makes a difference because it does it 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 puts pressure on other teams. I, I, Three games ago, I was confident we were making the top six. Then at Hull, I wasn't. Then against Preston, I was. Then last night, I wasn't. Now, with the games going how they are, you got a little bit more hope. But six, po- six points gives you a chance, but you're reliant on other results to go in your in your favour. I what think you- exactly what Chaps said, just while on to mine, exactly what Chaps said. I think if we get six, it has to be in your order as well. I think we have... I think... If we lose Saturday, I think it will deflate us so much or don't even win Saturday. I think we'll be, I just think confidence will be so low mm. that I just don't think we'll make it. So I think we have to win Saturday. I think if we lose to Blackpool but then meet Blackburn, I think we'll be in. I said seven points is what we'll get. And I think we will win, draw, win. Possibly. I mean, the Blackpool game is going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's their last home game of the season, but they could be down. Can so, McCarthy do us a favour? <laughs> mm. Again, look, we're going to... 
Uh, I said this to you a little while ago that we're going to be looking at our phones up and down the country for the next three weeks or at the time it was five weeks and we're doing exactly the same thing and we're going to be doing the same thing next weekend. The fact we play first next Friday before anybody else, if if we win on Saturday and go to Blackpool and win, that is going to deflate teams. It really is going to deflate teams around us, but I'm I'm not confident at Blackpool at all. Really not. But... It's a championship. Why we love it, right? It is, mate. It is. And on that note, and probably after a lot of people have switched off so listen, listening to us put the world to rights of moan. Also, no, I don't think it's... also well, this has gone over the hour, well, way over the hour mark, but it means that Mickey's editing. He's going to kill us. Just, <laughs> and if he, if he does listen to this point, he'll, um, he'll love us for bringing that up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, let's round it up. Final thoughts... Keep it quick. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. Yesterday was a hammer blow. The results as it stands, obviously I'm going off to um, get some dinner and catch the rest of the football. So hopefully we'll be talking a, a little bit more positively over the next couple of days. Win on Saturday. The doom and gloom lifts a little bit. Anything other than a win, I think we've um, the ship would have sailed. But we've both said we're going to win. I think there's a big opportunity to win the game. The, the players have just got to go out and, and and show why we've been in the top six all this year and show that they want to make the playoffs and give themselves a chance. Well said, mate. Um, <laughs> I echo all of that. And just a little bit of a rallying cry from me. Yeah, I think that Saturday we need to be a bit of that nasty Millwall again. I think we need to just make it really tough. We just have to win Saturday. As I said, I think if we don't, I think it deflates us too much into the last two games. I think it's, I've said it for the last however many weeks now, season defining, but I really do think this is it. We've had so many lives, and you said it the other day, thinking we have more lives than a cat at the minute. <laughs> we just, we, we have to win Saturday. I think just more for our mental state for the rest of the season. I think, we, yeah, we have to win. And I think we will win. I'm keeping the positivity. If you've liked what Stephen and I have been speaking tonight, do go and give um, the pod a, a follow at that Millwall pod on Twitter. We are on all the socials. It helps us out massively. Give us a follow on, on YouTube and all of the um, podcast channels that are available out there. Give us a listen and a like and a subscribe. Stephen, it's always a pleasure, mate. I've enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll speak again soon. And I will see you Saturday. See you Saturday. And anyone travelling up to the game, come and find us. And if you didn't agree with what we said, just come and tell us to our face. We don't buy it. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. No, I'm joking. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, if you're up there and uh, want to come and have a chat, we are nice people, I think. <laughs> most That's of the been, time. Most of the time. That's been Birmingham Blues and Last Chance Saloon. Come on, you Lions. Come on, you Lions. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.